It's Frank and Chipper, here we go. It's time for some real talk, let's start the show. We're bringing all things cannabis to you. Political pregnancy and race issues. Take control of your health and of your life. With Frank and Chipper, let's do it right. Welcome back to another episode of Frank and Chipper. Today, we're going to be talking with Monique Mosier, who is a professional spiritual medium. You can find Monique on Instagram at psychic.medium.moniquemosier and on Facebook under Monique Mosier. We'll have the links to those on our website, frankandchipper.com. As you'll see in this episode, it's always a good time when Monique and I get together. Can't wait for you to hear what we chat about today. today with Monique Mosier, and she is a faith-based psychic medium. Would you say that's correct? Absolutely. Okay. Monique and I actually met once before to record a session of the podcast. It was so special and so um, unique that we decided that it was something that needed to be kept between myself and her and my daughter. Mm-hmm. It just happened that Mallory was home from school that day on a mental health break and Monique spoke into her life in absolutely amazing ways. Mallory has asked me no more than 14 times, when can I see Monique again? <laughs> my girl. <laughs> and I love that ever since Monique and I met the first time, she text me and says, how's Mal doing? Mal is a big deal because that's what Mallory wants to go by and she was fighting for that like a year ago. I didn't tell you this. I didn't know that. I know. Oh my god. Yep. <laughs> See, it's already happening, people. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. In ninth grade, she was fighting that she wanted people to call her Mal. So when you came in to our house, she introduced herself as Mallory to you. I don't even remember. I just remember it always being Mal. The second that she opened the door, it was she, Mal to me. Uh-uh. She, wouldn't, she wouldn't have introduced herself as wow. Mal. You're and right. so that's why when oh we God. were in the kitchen before we started recording, she looked at me and she goes, how does she know? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't understand. And you're like, that's what God said that he that's called true. you. That's true. Because yeah. that's what God said. God was like, no, 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 you have to call her this. Yep. And I'm like, but isn't that what she's always been called? Yeah. And then the same thing happened with when she asked about her grandpa Lawrence. She said, my grandpa. And you said, at the end, you said, I'm so sorry that you lost your papa. And we looked at each other and we said, she said, Papa. And you're like, that's just what he's saying. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh. So I have to say I was not a believer before we met that first time, but you have made me one. Yes. Okay. And I have to say something because this is super powerful because this is a really good kind of like integration into everything we do. But 
a lot of faith-based people, so whether they're Christian or whether they're Catholic or or Jewish or whoever is walking different faith-based paths, a lot of them are kind of afraid of either what I do or what the healers do of the world because it's not so secular. You know, and it's really a bold statement that somebody in your position that is Christian, that is boldly saying, I'm Christian, I boldly believe in Jesus, and I have a heart for God, I also believe in this too because this is equally powerful, and I saw something happen. Yeah, and I really connect with you because it's so good. I really connect with you, I know it is, because... I am reaching out and saying, I'm a Christian woman who uses cannabis. Mm -hmm. You step out and you say, I'm a Christian woman who uses cannabis. Oh, and also, I'm a psychic medium. Mm -hmm. You've got so much being thrown at you with your own thoughts in Mm. your, you know, Mm. like second guessing yourself and should I do this who I don't want to hurt anybody but this is my calling and I feel like I have to share I can't it's quiet any it's, longer it's, it's so so it's so funny that you say that because you know like the labels that like people have put upon me like whether I'm you know I'm psychic or I'm a medium or I'm a healer or I'm a prophet or, or me I'm a stoner or I'm a loser stoner. mom. Right, right. Or I'm a Christian that's not walking the path. Or, right. Or whatever it is. Like, like blasphemy. And for me, and, yep. and for me, like faith-based, faith-based walking is is much less of of these labels, and that's what I've stepped away from. And it sounds so funny that this year, as I've stepped away more from anything, as even being spiritual, I've because tried you to know step what away. because you know what we are doing, we are stepping out in faith. That's exactly, and and, and so we are we. Sorry, y'all, but uh, we be living the faith-based life. Yes, not yes, you. Yes, and so then, so then, this is this is what was remarkable to me because, you know, I've never been somebody that's gone to church regularly or 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 walked those types of paths. I've never been somebody that was committed to those. And this year, yes, I. I haven't gone to church, but this year something really happened when I looked at even the labels of like being spiritual or being spiritual, like a spiritual person, whatever. And I wanted to take all of them off, Christian, spirituality, whatever. And it sounds funny. And I really wanted to know the truest heart of what love and compassion can really look like. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I showed up in, in my way with spirit and I said, you know, take all of this off and show me, show me the depths of what I need to know. And this year Jesus showed up mm. in meditation and he really started to show up when I deepened my faith by going to Shambhala and taking these pilgrimages with him, what I call pilgrimages with mm-hmm. him and with Buddha at the same time. But you know, Jesus, Jesus has deepened my capacity to love and deepened my capacity to hold space for people in ways that I, I did not see that was even possible because the amount of compassion and empathy and love mm-hmm. um, that that man has shown mm-hmm. me in times when I've cried out and I've needed healing and what mm-hmm. I've done. Um, yeah, amen. And when he, but this is what this is what gets me. He's shown me a lot this year. And I've had a lot of conversations with him, but it's when he shows up in the healing work and the energy is there and the energy is present. People feel, you can see the compassion. You can mm-hmm. see that they feel the influx of what is happening energetically. And, you know, 
I just, it sounds so funny. Like, I don't even see Jesus as a church figure. I see Jesus as one of my homies. Like, right. that's what yeah. I see him like. Yeah. Like, like he's one of my main homies. Like, and I, and I'm somebody that is faith-based and faith-based. I call upon all deities of all faiths, depending on what it is that I need. And I use a variety of tools. So how do you combat that <clears throat> with things that the Bible does say about other gods? Um, so, you know, it sounds funny. I don't even know the Bible well enough to to tell you. Um, all I know is I do what works for me. And for me, that means calling on the light and the light will come. And this is, this is a really interesting conversation too. The light will come to people in various forms, depending on their level of consciousness and what they can perceive best. And this is kind of why religion eventually was set up into place because different people were perceiving different consciousness differently. Mm -hmm. But when we step outside of that box a little bit, just a little bit where it's not so controlled, Mm -hmm. what happens is the light or God or Mm -hmm. the universe, okay, or spirit, whatever you want to call it, when we kind of step outside into that more spiritual box where it's more pliable and people start saying, well, I saw Ganesha or I saw Jesus or I even saw Mary Magdalene or Mother Mm -hmm. Teresa, you know, or Durga, any of these. Let's talk about your your family for a minute. All right. You're a mom. Mm Mm-hmm. And are you a daily cannabis user? Yes. I am a mom and a daily cannabis user. And, you know, I really thought about it. I really, really actually thought about why I started using cannabis. I have fibromyalgia. A lot of people don't know that. And so I have a really shitty autoimmune disease. And it's not even one of the worst ones. Mm -hmm. You know, MS and lupus are way, you know, way worse in comparison to what I have. Mm -hmm. And that's just for me, not for anybody else that has it, obviously. I was on about 15 pills a day. And that was to manage pain and nausea. Um, And with my fibro, my fibro was attacking my brain so much um, that I was having these, like, horrible uh, migraine spells where I would, like, severely vomit for, like, upwards of 24 hours. How old were you? And um, I was 26. How old are you now? I'm 32. Wow. Yeah, I was 26 uh, years old. It happened shortly after I had my first daughter. Um, and my body just kind of went into shutdown mode. And um, I was on 15 pills a day and uh, I had gained so much weight. And I was just so, so unhappy. And I didn't think that cannabis was going to make a difference. And it did. And it yeah. started with edibles. And edibles is what changed okay. my life because I wasn't, I wasn't vomiting anymore. Mm-hmm. I wasn't vomiting because um, it would be the only thing that would stop the vomiting, that or oxygen. Um, and I don't always have oxygen on hand to stop it. Um, and so to stop the severe nausea and the vomiting um, and the pain and to get off those medications, uh, cannabis really changed my life. And my husband was somebody that was really avid and was like, hey, I think that you can do this. And I think that you can do this. And I think this can change your life. So he was a user. Had you used prior? No. Like I, so that's the thing. Like, really, I have been a okay. cannabis virgin until until like a later adult. Yes, me too. A cannabis virgin, and my husband, yes. my husband, um, is different. He's had experiences prior, but you know, with me, he was like, you know, we can do this safely. We can do this where you're comfortable. I promise that you know we can. And he's really well opened my eyes and showed me with his knowledge of of what he can do. With me, he was like, you know, we can do this safely. We can do this where you're comfortable. I promise that you know we can. And He's really what opened my eyes and showed me with his knowledge of, of what he can do. And, um, but okay, absolutely, so, as a virgin, yes. And it was very strange being like the cannabis virgin as an adult. Yeah, it's very strange. It's very strange. It's very strange because you're like, um, I want to be cool. Do you do but this? Do you... Sure. Uh, I do this. Sure. I don't even know what that means, but sure. Sure. I'm going to go sure. look it up. I'm going to Google the shit out of that right now. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> but that brings me to a, a really good point. If you are 
a listener who is a cannabis virgin, keep listening to this podcast. You're going to get to know lingo. Mm -hmm. You're going to get to know that other cannamoms are open to just you being open. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Monique, we were doing dabs. And I'm like, you're going to have to do it. I don't know how, what I'm doing. And it was amazing. And I will learn. And you guys will too. I'm learning that through talking with people on the podcast and stuff like that, that there are cleaner ways to smoke. Mm -hmm. There's healthier ways Mm -hmm. to smoke. Mm -hmm. Because some of us like the experience of smoking. Other people just want to do edibles. Yep. They don't like the smoking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I've also learned with people that are like maybe new to using, um, you know, using cannabis in whatever form, whether it's medicinal or recreational for whatever their needs are, providing people with knowledge is, is key. And that's, mm-hmm. what, and, and it sounds so funny, but that's how I've like turned people. <laughs> right. I've turned people in a positive way. And not right. only that, like it's so powerful being an example of what a positive person can be mm-hmm. while using cannabis and cannabis. I mean, it's not only saved the physical aspect of it, but it saved my mental aspect too. Yeah. That's what I use it for. And you know, and I'm somebody that has like a lot of, I'm a very soft, emotional person and I take on deep yeah. energy and cannabis really has given my brain that right space yeah. to help release. I went to church yesterday and then we went to Walmart. And Walmart was just. I would have needed it after Walmart. Well, that's what I'm. About, that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting ready to say is, we got in the car after Walmart, and I said to Matt, I said, I'm going home and I'm smoking. Preach on that. Like, what is the difference? Now I'm standing on a little soapbox right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is the difference between you doing two dabs mm-hmm. and Mama over here mm-hmm. having four Bud Lights or Or two glasses glasses of wine. Mm -hmm. There is nothing different. Nope. For the love of God, Mm. it's okay to feel euphoria and feel openness and feel Mm. your fucking feelings. Yes, yes. And to be soft and vulnerable. Yes, because all that's why it makes me a better mom. I'm soft. I'm vulnerable. vulnerable. I'm open to listening. I've I've slowed myself down. I am not juggling. It like slows the entire system down. I'm not balancing mm-hmm. all of these plates. Mm-hmm. I am in the here and now. I am in the present with my kids. I'm ready to be open and honest mm-hmm. with them and more loving towards them. Just like you said, softer. Just so much softer, softer. with them. I think though that and they like, needed that when I was. Oh, they needed it so bad when they were younger. I think what, though, like, why a lot of people don't like cannabis, not only because we're not teaching people, you know, how how to smoke, but, and how to smoke safely, and and make sure you're around people that you trust, always. That's the most important thing. Like, people don't think about that. Like, people don't think about, like, circumstantial stuff. Like, environment is everything. I never, I, I did not smoke around other people besides my husband. Same. Or my sister. Same. Mine was just my husband. For a really for years it was just him years. because I just wouldn't do it. Nope. I just didn't feel safe enough to. I didn't feel safe and, enough to be vulnerable. Feel, yep. Mm-hmm. I, that's it. I was just saying I felt judged. Yeah, I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want to be in that space. And I think that's what cannabis does for a lot of people though. It puts people in this like softer space and it makes us vulnerable. And we don't really know how to react in those situations of vulnerability. Right. So 
do it with people that you trust so that if you do give mm. into that vulnerability. Yes. And guys, the more that you do it, the easier it is to fall into that soft place and that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. That and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yep. I, I hate that I'm thinking, oh, this is what people are going to say. Oh, or this is what people are going to think. Every time I see Kristen, she's stoned. You know? Well, she's a stoner. Oh, she's all into that snorting weed stuff. She's probably got tattoos, too. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm dying. I'm dying because you just described me. Oh, my gosh. She's probably a hippie. She probably wants to live on a farm. (laughs) Why are you just describing me? Grow her own food. And weed. And all my little bees are going to be pollinating the gardens around my cottage. And it's going to be so amazing. Yeah. It sounds so funny. Most people, like, think that when you do cannabis, you're going to be so stoned. Like, so I know. stoned you can't move. Like, people that's, have this, this yes. ideation of, that's like, you're going to be on movement. the couch, right? Like, you're going to be stuck on the couch and that you can't move. Mm-hmm. What people don't realize is that there are productive individuals in every level of let me say that again every level of society that are partaking in cannabis use in a variety of forms and what people don't know is a lot of people are in the can closet because it's not quite acceptable quite Mm -hmm. yet because a lot of us are in maybe industries that aren't so comfortable with it or whatever that is but this notion is that we're going to get stuck on the couch. What people don't realize is, like, we get up every day, we're using every day, and we're still doing our stuff. We're still making things happen. You wouldn't we're know. conquering the world. People don't know that I just did three dabs, and now I'm about to talk to you. I know. Like, people don't know that. And they don't know Mm-mm. that. Mm-mm. They, they, no they don't even know. You don't they, even know they me. They don't even know you. <laughs> See? They don't even know. Mm. And people don't realize that, like, I think more people are walking around using cannabis all day long. Like, all day long. And people, it's so normal. less taboo if people would just come out of the can closet. Look at how magical that little closet to Narnia is. I know. Yep. That little closet is doing big things. Yep. It is. It's going to be big things. It already is. It already is. Oh, my gosh. I have been, you were talking about something and it reminded me of that I have felt so much joy over the past well since we talked mm-hmm, last mm-hmm. past month oh yay and you guys did a lot of work that day though you guys were energetically setting down like you guys were alchemizing it rapidly as we were doing the reading and working together yeah you guys were like like taking it out it was it was remarkable yeah yeah you guys really did a lot yeah a lot. Yeah. Especially together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just so glad she was there. Like, oh. Me too. It would have not been the same. She, that yeah. That happened. It's so funny. I had, an, I had, I met, you know, your daughter this month and there was another experience that I had with uh, two teenage girls at Victoria's Secret this month. And uh, I actually thought of your daughter and I thought, oh my gosh, so many of these girls are looking for these messages Mm -hmm. that maybe their parents don't know how to say or they were never taught how to say or they never had somebody say it to them. Mm -hmm. And so I was into this, and this is like not related to what I do, but it was a really powerful moment because it 
it made me realize like how much work we need to do with our teens and how that community is kind of um it's lacking in like mental health care does that make sense like and just in, in in mental health supportive care really that really understands the teenage the teenager brain yeah and so i was in victoria's secret and i was making my purchase and i was talking to the cashiers about their their kids and we were talking about my girls and um my girls have had, an, my Abby has, has had an experience at school where um, two little boys each grabbed her wrist and drug her across the lawn, the, the entire length of the lawn, oh and gosh. nobody stopped it. Nobody intervened. And uh, at that point I had made, I had, I had told her, well, you know, if anybody hurts you or anybody makes you kind of feel unsafe or whatever it is, you know, just, you know, say no, do this and do this. But I was... I was realizing in that moment, and there had been another moment where somebody had kind of like mistreated her body too. This this phrase had really been born out of it. It was your body, your choice. Mm-hmm. Your body, your choice all the time. And I remember in Victoria's Secret, I was standing there, we were talking to the cashier, and um, and she goes, uh, well, what happened with the little, the little boys that had done that? And I said, well, we went and took care of it. And I said, but it was then in that moment that I told Abby, and this is what I told her. And his, the teenage girls like started to cry, and I won't ever forget this. <laughs> I told, I said, this is what I told Abby. I said, it is always your job to keep your body safe. Always. And if you have to do whatever you have to do to keep your body safe, you do it. And I will deal with the consequences no matter how great they are. Yeah. It is your job to keep yourself safe, baby girl. And that's what I want you to do. And if whatever comes, you let me deal with it. But I want you to keep yourself safe. So you scream, you kick, you howl if you have to. Hurt them, whatever. I said, and I will deal with it. And the cashier looked at me. And then the teenage girls. and And she looked at me and she goes, I don't know what kind of mom you are. And I really wished my mom would have said something like that to me. Hmm. And the girl, the both girls had tears in their eyes. And I thought, nobody ever told their mom that. Yeah. And I thought, this is where we're missing the mark. And it was such a powerful moment. Yeah. You know, those teenage girls in Victoria's Secret, if you ever listen to this, (laughs) I hold that moment in my heart so much. And I adore you both. Um, But it was in that moment that it really made me realize that we as parents, the people that are really here to stop what has been happening mm-hmm. in our families for so long. And, you know, I've seen quite a few Facebook memes and I actually have one in my story right now. But the one that popped up in my mind was just generational. I'm here to say it stops here. It stops Bingo. with us. Bingo. And Matt and I have done that with so much counseling and yes. you know our kids are in counseling and mm-hmm. um we and the way you raise them yeah i don't know it it was hard and it is hard and it is really hard because i saw in those teenage girls and they were they weren't older teens they were about 15 and i'm we're not doing it traditionally and I certainly am not. He he want he would be more traditional. Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate his you guys go back and forth on that. willingness. Yes, we do. <laughs> Was I doing this? I can see your energy doing this. It looks like you guys are in a, a rubber band being pulled back and forth and constantly snapped back. Oh, my God. That's what the energy looks like. Top of my head is zinging. That happened last time. Last time. When you were right. When you were right. That's your truth teller. You have a physical connection to spirit. So when there's something that's real, your body gets an influx to say yes. 
Okay, I'm so connected. everybody has a truth teller, a physical truth teller. Okay. Just like you did, the top of your head, we all have a variation of it. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And all of us do. It just we each kind of have to figure it out, but most of us have it's what we call a physical tell of your body resonating with the frequency of what you just heard. It manipulates your aura to receive the truth. Holy shit, y'all. Did you hear that? Like that what that's what makes me a believer. It's so good. So I want to get back to the generational thing, but first I want to say okay, I said that's what makes me a believer is that kind of stuff. But this podcast is also I really want you guys to focus on doing your own research for yourselves. Do your own research. Mm-hmm. You don't have Always. to believe what we believe, and you may mm-hmm. believe a variation of what we believe. We can all believe different things, but there's a higher power. And Regardless of what it is. Yes. What that looks like for you. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So, back to the generational thing. Uh, I just had this in my stories. As traumatized children, we always dreamed that someone would come and save us. We never dreamed that it would, in fact, be ourselves as adults. I want to be an example of that because I don't think the generation before us is an example of doing that, of healing their wounds. I I don't think because counseling was still a little taboo and their parents would, I mean, that was really taboo for them to go to counseling Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. therapy or I think moms today are a lot more open than they were when my mom was a mom. Yes. A hundred percent. And so keep Mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. Women that are leading this charge, keep going, keep fighting the good fight because and once you step out in faith, like we were talking about earlier, see how it's all coming to a circle, girlfriend? <laughs> but I feel like it always relies on that, though, because the your capacity to believe equals your capacity to receive. But that means you have to have an enormous amount of faith to hold that vision of whatever it is that's coming. And, and your faith, whether it's in God or the universe or whoever, the, whoever you want it to be, like you right. said, don't matter. It don't matter, you know, but your faith is, is, is the driving force of why you start things. Yeah. 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 And have faith that, you know, I was going to say have faith that God knows what he's doing, but then, see, this is where I get confused. I do say there is a higher power and I feel like I should not be accepting of other gods because of what I have been taught. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know the Bible. You don't. But I, I I, sense that I have a better understanding of the Bible than you do. Yeah, and I know okay. that like other deities like besides like God or But Christ, like you said Shamala or something earlier. Um, oh, Shambhala is okay. a, a religious <laughs> Shambhala Mountain Center in Red Feather. Okay. It's an amazing sacred and, site. Here in Colorado. Okay, so that's cool. And what do you do there? It's a temple. It's a Buddhist temple. Okay, so before you were a follower of Christ, were you Buddhist? Uh, No, but I've interacted with almost every version of the light since I was younger. Okay. Um, And so to me, this is... So when you say the light, 
source or the higher power, whatever you okay. want, the higher power. So, and so, so even if we take higher power, like God out of it, mm-hmm. higher power, Yeshua, whatever you want to call it, the original name of the source. I feel more comfortable calling it God. So I mm-hmm. just call it God. That's fine. Okay. To, and to me, it sounds funny, but the name is trivial because to me, it's a connection. To me, God is not an external to me, okay. I have known God internally more, yeah. releasing any labels and any constraints of even being spiritual and just showing up and saying, all right, prepare me to be a sanctuary and I want to know you in whatever way you want to show up. <sighs> and to me, this is what makes psychic medium so powerful when we're doing the real work with divinity. Every psychic medium will access different levels of consciousness, meaning different levels of light or source. This is why some people know the light as Jesus. Some people know the light as a Buddhist temple or a monk walk, depending on what it is. There are all forms of the higher power streaming down into our individual consciousnesses, consciousnesses that will receive the information the best. So Jesus isn't going to show up to everybody, say, you would accept him more, absolutely, but say we have people that would accept um, Judaism better, and that's the way the light is permeating. The light is trying to permeate consciousness, regardless of what it is, and so what's happening is these different levels of consciousness that you're interacting with, this is why you're getting different levels of consciousness. So what you're saying is, my level of consciousness was up here until you know 2021 and my level of consciousness has just consistently been being opened layer by layer and now i'm open to more consciousness because i'm and i say that because once i stepped outside of this this idea this ideation of like being christian or even being a psychic medium because mm-hmm. that's a really thick label that people have like attained to me too and other people have called me some other things so shaman you seer shaman seer prophet of variety of things you know what I, i've really been thinking about that and i don't really know if the, the label is tripping me up because spirit has told me that the label needs to formulate it needs to change because it doesn't reflect what i, I do so much more than just speaking with the dead because i work more with the living now than I do with the dead. I'm a psychic medium that specializes in the living more than anything because I'm here to realign you guys with the highest form of of your soul so you can get to this level of of feeling this. And so I'm not sure, but I've really been, I've been chewing on that for a few weeks actually. Like, okay, what do I like? Is it, is it a seer? Is it a shaman? Is it a medicine woman? Is it a psychic medium? Because it's kind of like all of these like trickling of different varieties of things that I do, but I I just call myself a healer because I just show up and Whatever energy is there, I can read it and manipulate it. And that's okay. that's what I know, whether it's dead or it's living. Okay. So I want to come back to the, the whatever energy is there. But I want to say something to you. Have you ever considered offering cannabis sessions? Yes, I have. I've actually thought about offering cannabis circles Yeah. with guided meditations yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And where we actually do. So I actually thought about this. I was thinking about hosting one in my backyard because we have a fire pit. Of doing a smaller circle where we have an effigy of whether releasing, whether we're praying, whatever it is, a specific circle we designed where we have cannabis in the ceremony, though. In part Very two. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's because it's an amazing tool to really connect to divinity because it allows us to step outside of ourselves, yeah. which turns the ego off. Yeah. And it allows us to accept that we are much greater than just this in here. Yeah. And when the yeah. ego shuts down, we can connect much more. 
So scientifically, how does it work for you to manifest and read people? So happen for the reading. So this is like people people asking this question is so interesting because. When I'm reading people, I can read people across the world just as if I'm reading you right now. And I don't even have to actually be talking to the person I'm reading. I can read a secondary person through the person in front of me. And that person can be in Rio de Janeiro. I don't even have to see them. Um, mm. I don't even have to have a name. All I have to have is what we call a soul print. A soul print is a fingerprint that every person has. Mm -hmm. um, and it's an individual imprint on the soul mm -hmm. the second that that comes around in the aura or the psychic body um, i'm instantly able to read it i have extremely strong so psychic like, sight so do you see it like around me no because so like, i don't see the aura like there are some people that see a very clear aura where it's colored and they can see i only see the colors when i need to see them like okay if i need to access a part that's not doing good i'll see if there's a color or a damage but i don't see it all the time because if i would see every layer of everything i could see at one time i would go insane because i can see so many depths of inside the body and what's going on at so many different levels it would be overwhelming for me mentally so i have to compartmentalize the the body into one energetic section at a time so it's not too so much so is that a specialty that you have do you healers um I think it's a good have, for us. Yeah, have specialties within your gift. And we all do. I think we all do. Uh, all of us. And so this is what's an interesting thing, too, is like, depending on if you're going, like, say, for example, to another psychic medium, um, if they really are working with, with, with true energy and energetic and, and psychic manipulation, you're going to get, you're going to get a powerful experience. But what's really interesting is that everybody is going to get a different experience from every different energetic healer out there, so to speak, even if they're doing both doing energy sessions because Don't their, gifts, anything on me. their gifts, I won't, their gifts are different. I promise, girl, I promise. I won't do that. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you so much. I promise. I promise. I won't. I promise. Okay. Um, but this is why you can have really, drastically different experiences or even similar experiences with different types of healers because we're all working with energy medicine but then there are I feel like there are healers in specific fields that do have of a more potent gift and that's just maybe because they've gone deeper they've spent more time refining their gifts um do you whatever feel that is more do you feel your gift more when you're using cannabis it's on all the time regardless but I keep it at a level to where it's controlled but cannabis I've I'm such an avid cannabis user that it like doesn't mess with my okay. guests anymore. Okay. It's controllable. Because when I first started using, I had to learn the manipulation of control through cannabis. And that was a big test for me because it does open you up so much. Um, and with somebody that has psychic gifts, it was just like, <gasps> so I did it definitely had to learn. It was like an energetic backbone okay. of learning control though, of learning to say no energetically. Okay. Very cool. Do you have people that try to use you? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know if it's like, it's funny because I don't know if they're like aware that they're doing it, but I have had people that even consider themselves to be friends that I'll try to get information for free or, or readings for free or this is their favorite way of asking me, <laughs> how do you feel about this? Oh, how do I feel? Oh, how did they feel? How does spirit feel? You want to know how they feel? You want to know how your grandma feels? 
Because if it's your grandma, it's going to be $150 an hour. If it's me, I'll buy you a cup of coffee and let's talk about it. Because that's what you're going to get today. But I do have a lot of people, and it sounds funny, but I have a lot of people that want to be my friends and like be in that space. But I have um, had very, very, very few people in my interpersonal circle that I trust. Oh. Because a lot of people... Um, that's hard. A lot of people don't... A lot of people don't have boundaries, though. Like, oh my God, they don't know to not use other people in their lives. Like, they are so used to using other people to get what they want, and I'm just not that person. Like, you're just, you're not gonna suck me dry. Like, you are not about to try and get the milk for free when you're not gonna buy the whole cow. That is not happening here today. (laughs) Sit down. And but you know what though I've also realized though if it's my true friends, my true friends will pay me for my time, and they have no problem doing it. Pretzels are so good. I know we're like, <laughs> <laughs> like four minutes of crunching. We inhaled an entire bag of dots. Oh. So when you get a giant bag of dots for Christmas from Amazon, you know who sent them? With a gigantic bow. <laughs> so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we were talking about. That is a really luxe gold pen, dude. I know. It's, it's like fancy. It's like fancy. Mm, I'm pretty sure it is. The fanciest one I've ever had was from Vegas. Mm. That was nice. In there, we were talking about mm-hmm. people think automatically think we're hurting for money because we spend it all on drugs, and our <laughs> kids are in need. We are, you know, white trash, no teeth, redneck. You know, go look at our pictures Poverty on level. Facebook. Yeah, people and people think like. Like, our kids are lacking. This is the thing that people have openly told me. I'm not gonna lie, like, when I have this, like, stoner idea, well, I imagine this mom that's sitting there not doing anything all day, and her kids are getting into crap all day, and, you know, they don't have clothes or whatever they're needing. It's not the case at all. No. Like, our kids are totally well cared for. They're so happy. They're thriving. Like, and they're thriving because we're happy. Right. Hello. Like, and (laughs) just because we're doing something fun doesn't mean that our kids are lacking. Like, your alcohol budget is my weed budget. End of story. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. And your kids are fine. Yep. So, mine are too. Alcohol is such an abusive cycle. Yeah. Yep. And. Oh, it really is. You're just, you're calmer, you're softer, you're nicer, you're more vulnerable. You know, so it's really interesting because every drug does something energetically different in the body. Mm-hmm. It causes a different reaction in the psychic body or the energetic body. And so depending even on like what type of drug or what you're doing can cause these reactions. But what people don't realize is energetically it's causing much more. And so like, for example, alcohol tends to make people aggressive and it tends to make people sad. And what it's actually doing, they call it a downer because what it's actually doing, um, this is why spirits is called spirits. It's really powerful. Um, this is why when I drink, I don't get drunk. Um, and if I do, I drink sparingly. <clears throat> so what happens is, when you drink alcohol, not only are you infiltrating the body with alcohol in the blood, but what's happening is, it's creating a frequency. If frequency is causing the change or disruption in the auric body. What happens is, the more alcohol you drink, the more you are manipulating the psychic field. Alcohol actually manipulates the auric or psychic field, or what we call the consciousness of the human being, and it lowers our protective wards, which is our energetic boundaries of keeping stuff out. Okay. This is where it gets weird, but people understand. The auric body drops. This is why when people drink, people nine times out of ten say, you're somebody different. 
You turn mm. into somebody different. You're mean, or you're angry, or you're sad, or you're crying. Or even people, it sounds funny, like, you're extremely happy, mm-hmm. and you're this. Yes, but you're being manipulated by outside frequencies. And this is why I stopped drinking a really long time ago, especially as I was trying to get my gifts refined to really start doing this professionally. So how is weed different? Weed is actually can be the same thing. Every drug and every manipulator can do the same thing thing but it See, manipulates this, differently so okay. this is the difference because alcohol, alcohol does the same thing as alcohol manipulates food. manipulates the aura in a different way though because it's a very very heavy manipulation so this is why people tend to go more down weed um, doesn't have such a hard manipulation on the aura this is why it tends to be softer mm-hmm. and you tend to get softer but when people have alcohol they tend to get more aggressive which is a harder form of energy and so when they're ingesting something and it sounds funny you're seeing the direct mirror of what it's doing in the auric body so if you're ingesting yeah. weed that's making you feel soft you're going to see it yeah. if you're ingesting alcohol that's making them feel hard or aggressive yeah. that's what it's doing to the energetic body yeah. and you're seeing the mirror of it and yeah. this is what this is why it's so powerful because people don't realize I'm like you, you see the reflection of it physically, but the energetic manipulation and the psychic manipulation of what is going on is much deeper and much more dangerous. You've reached the end of another episode of Frank and Chipper. Connect with us on frankandchipper.com and we'll see you next time on the next episode where we finish our conversation with Monique. Until next time, be enlightened, live your best life, and always stay frank and chipper.